you know the acclaimed classic and cult movies of certain directors but now you get to know the creative mind behind them my name is Kenneth Wilson with me is David Harris and welcome to the director series at podcast on fire network So you're welcomed to the director series at Podcast on Fire Network, and that's an um, that's an unknown show on the network. If you're if you follow it closely, it's the debut show of a new one, and uh, this this is uh, therefore the officially the sixth show on the network. And uh, short dated, uh, we might uh, end up at nine shows, but uh, this is the first new one. I never came up with a good name for it. The director series is what it is. And I think it's you know suitable. But uh, did did you, David Harris, have any have any other good funny uh, suggestions? No, I mean I'd have I'd have thought uh, you know I'd have think about it, but you know Doctor Serious fits. You know that's uh, it, it suits. I think you don't need to combine everything with On Fire. Obviously, we never we never did that with uh, This Week in Sleeves, for instance. You know it was never like Category Three On Fire. It's the, it sounds really you know lacing some. Shows cases, and obviously, IFD on fire will be that. That's just gold for me. (laughs) There's no reason. Ninja on fire? No, 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 no. IFD on fire. We're going to cover the broad spectrum, if you will. So, you're listening to the director series at the Podcast on Fire Network, and you can locate that at podcastonfire.com. You'll have an additional uh, five shows on that network, as you'll see. We had a cute little button. So, Vicky Chang and Charlie Cho and Donnie Yen and. you got commentary and Japan on Japan uh, content and Korea content and uh, sleaze content galore. So enjoy your stay and uh, peek at the forum podcastonfire.com forward slash forum and uh, give us uh, give us uh, some thoughts about uh, what you think and uh, or just chat with our friendly members. But check out members only if you register on the forum. You get which is free by the way. You get access to tons of tons of hours of extra stuff that we cut out of the show or did exclusively for members only for instance david was on our commentary for commentary on fire for undefeatable and on and in the members only section you'll find a 30 minute long video which is a bonus commentary on that movie's exclusive hong kong scenes there were two edits of undefeatable so you you got a you get a meaty and mighty extra there in members only it's good fun worth the registration if you're interested in extending the pof experience we are also on facebook facebook.com forward slash pof network like us give us a feedback we'd love to hear from you we are also on twitter twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire and if, if you're on twitter and just want to tweet us just put the at sign in there and type in podcast on fire and you'll find us i do my writing on sogoodreviews.com you'll get all mixture of category free taiwan old school horror hong kong old school horror golden ninja warriors <laughs> if you will and uh yeah it's, it's it's a fun it's a fun mixture all that is video reviewed on sleazykvideo.com as well if you don't fancy reading that stuff you can just spend a few minutes at sleazy case 
And I'm also on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash so good reviews. So give me a tweet and I'll, I promise I'll respond with uh, something uh, crude or not crude. But I promise I'll, I'll respond, including to the porn bots that are on Twitter. <laughs> I'll respond to you as well. And I'll click the mysterious links that you send me on Twitter. I'll promise that as well. Uh, we are on iTunes, of course, so subscribe to our iTunes feed. You can see that in the show post for this episode, the director series, but also we have that permanently placed on the site. Uh, uh, so su- subscribe and uh, hit us up with a comment or two on, on iTunes. And finally, listen to us uh, on the go on Stitcher. Download it to your computer okay, from stitcher.com, but also from your your favorite app store. So you can listen to the podcast on fire network on your smartphone just download the app it's free search podcast on fire network and all the shows will pop up as individual shows including the director series by the time you hear this and finally we all know by now that uh, david harris uh, is uh, hovering over hong kong guide on facebook so what do you want to say about that this time around yeah um you can uh find my uh, Hong Kong Kid Guide on Facebook. Uh, it's straightforward enough. Just search uh, Hong Kong Kid Guide and it pops up. That's, uh, that's uh, one of the non-film related uh, things I spend some of, some of my online time doing. Uh, my personal page is easy enough to find as well. Um, you know, frequently uh, uh, comment on the uh, Podcast on Fire page so you can uh, access my personal page that way. If anyone uh, wants to you know, leave any uh, feedback, uh, constructive or otherwise. I don't mind. It's all good. Right on. I'm going to register as an, an anonymous person and start flaming you. <laughs> you suck, Hong Kong Dave. <laughs> Ken is great. Signed, signed, signed uh, Ben from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> so out of the gate, for the first few episodes of Director Series, the next few episodes, five or six maybe, is... Director Nam Night Choi, a.k.a. Simon Nam, the director of Story of Ricky, Her Vengeance, um, and The Seventh Curse, which is a movie, by the way, located in the Commentary on Fire section, as uh, Stu did a commentary track with his uh, friends uh, earlier this year, 2011. And and here's a director, you know, that, that has movies that, that are fan favorites, but uh, I always think it's fun if more people knew, uh, if they care, of course. Uh, if more people knew of the man behind such visions, because we're talking standout movies here, just looking at those three alone: Story of Ricky, Her Vengeance, The Seventh Curse, and they're in this case, in this director's case, crammed with energy, and that takes vision, you know, a honed vision, a visionary. So, what it is this series um, for the next few episodes is uh, us tracking this visionary from the start in 1981 and uh, we're going to stop at 1992 because this director merely worked up until 1992 at, at least in terms of feature work uh, who knows if he do, he's doing extensive tv on in hong kong or mainland or australia as i heard uh, as i heard this director emigrated to but uh, what a what a roster as you'll uh, as you'll find out and uh, we're doing two movies this evening and it's his first two movies at Shaw Brothers. First one is called One Way Only and the second is called Brothers from the Walled City. And the various people that are involved in these uh, in these movies we're gonna do some short bios on a discussion on um, before the reviews themselves and obviously we're starting with uh, director Nam Night Choi, Simon Nam 
and he worked his way up in the Shaw Brothers studio from junior work uh, focus puller and through hard work and dedication became a cinematographer eventually which he also was on some of his own films when he graduated to director and on movies in between directing gigs so he didn't give up that uh, that trade if you will and primarily many of director Sun Chung's movies uh, Nam Nai Choi worked on such as The Avenging Eagle To Kill a Mastermind Rendezvous with Death you know, me and Mike Banner talked on episode 99 that uh, Sun Chung has a lot of movies with cool English titles. <laughs> no, like, generic Shaolin t- title. You know what I mean, David? You know, to kill yeah. a mastermind, rendezvous with death. You know, it's, uh, that's how you do it. And so, so I think they were smart of Shaw's to uh, play them up that way. And Sun Chung's movies were kind of hard and edgy, too. He did Human Lanterns, but I'm not sure Nam Nai Choi shot uh, Human Lanterns, his uh, horror martial arts hybrid. Very good. Uh, Nam Nai Choi shot Prince Charming for Wong Jing. I think that's at Shaw Brothers as well. And presumably you would think that would act as a setup for The Seventh Curse in 1986, which was Wong Jing's first movie as producer. And um, if you read the bio that Celestial provided on their DVDs uh, of Nam Nai Choi's movies, it, they said that they... Shaw's tried to convince Nam Nai Choi to go into directing and even friends or his uh, colleagues in the movie industry, Sammo Hung and Choi Hawk, tried to convince Nam to take the next step and direct. Uh, um, and f- some resistance for a few years maybe, and uh, but it did happen in 1981 with uh, our first movie of tonight, One Way Only. And there was friend Danny Lee, also a Shaw Brothers veteran by this point, uh, it, more of a Shaw Brothers veteran of uh, cult movies, not cop movies. Yeah, I mean, uh, Inframan, uh, Oily Maniac, The Mighty Peking Man, and a fine, fine roster of uh, odd movies. And Bruce Lee and I, of course, playing Bruce Lee. That was Danny Lee before he became the man who played cops. And um, as I said, Nam Nai Choi was invited to co-direct. And it was also Danny Lee's first movie as well. So we're talking two debut directors sharing the burden, which... Uh, it's possibly not a bad idea for first-time filmmakers trying to find their way. Uh, ultimately, Nam proved to be a fine fit in the re- director's chair at Shaw, as he proved you know, quickly through few movies a genre versatility with uh, drama and action and violence being present. And it was far removed from the crazy combos later, the crazy combos of sci-fi, horror and special effects that really put him on the map with uh, cult movie fans. Again, movies such as Story of Ricky and Seventh Curse. And no, uh, I would say, I, I'm not sure too sure how you feel about this, David, uh, uh, if uh, like the general Hong Kong cinema fan, you know, approach these kind of movies, these wild movies. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you are the general Hong Kong cinema fan, but, uh, you know, what do you think uh, the, the general fan uh, thinks about crazy movies like this is it would it be hard to approach you think it probably like a you know harder sell to sort of the general fan than the, you know than a than a lot of things but you know cat fights dog yeah <laughs> i mean you know there's a certain sort of, you know uh, you know curiosity but you know whether you know a lot of people might you know stick around you know to watch the whole thing and you know just mm-hmm. you know, sort of sort of you know gain gain an appreciation for it yeah you know, i don't know but you know, for personally speaking, uh, 
it's, uh, I, you know, I love, uh, I love the, uh, the unusual thing, you know, not, you know, not the same kind of action film or the same kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, comedy or something, you know, something that just throw up these kind of, you know, uh, unusual uh, sort of unusual films as a mm. whole, but sort mm. of, you know, specific sequences that are just sort of, you know, make your eyes pop out of your head. Yeah, yeah, definitely true with Nam Nai Choi. And uh, as you'll hear throughout this series, there, there, there of course was serious harsh sides to Nam as well, because one of his other famous movies, uh, again, maybe with the cult movie fans only, is Her Vengeance, the rape revenge yeah. thriller Her yeah. Vengeance. With, uh, that may have Lam, uh, Lam Ching Ying in a wheelchair, uh, essentially doing wheelchair kung fu, but it's not a hokey movie, crazy movie as such. It's a uh, you know, b- badass, violent movie. Mm, not nice, yeah. not nice. Yeah. And, you know, all of this will add up to, you know, I, I read that a French critic apparently called Nam Nai Choi the Hong Kong Ed Wood, but uh, that that was a, a brief statement of Wikipedia that, uh, you know, hopefully that was said in a loving way. But, but uh, so, so I'm not uh, drawing, con- uh, drawing conclusions there, but uh, Ed Wood normally is associated with, uh, you know, more passion than skill. And Nam Nai Choi had skill. Yeah, oh, yeah, the... Very much so, yeah. So, I mean, um, so... And Nam directed his last movie in 1992, The Cat. Absolutely. That would be my favorite uh, movie to cover in this series. I fucking love The Cat. It's uh, <laughs> one of, I can't watch it on the loop. And I, I heard something on the Jude Poyer and Miles Wood audio commentary on uh, Hong Kong Legends DVD of Story of Ricky that Nam has emigrated to Australia. And he was never interviewed on that DVD either. Um, star fans she Wong talked a little bit about him uh, about uh, meeting him and uh, talking about the working relationship and all that and you know hopefully Nam is making a living in one way or another in, and not just one way only but <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, that's uh, you know that's a short bio for once because you can't find really a, a lot of things and you sometimes you put together bios based on your fandom of uh, of a director and you 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 try and draw some conclusions uh, as to how the development went and all of that. So, so I hope he was happy working in these kind of movies. It seemed like uh, it was his forte, even though, uh, as we said, the harsher movies had their value as well. Huge value. Uh, but anyway, leading into our discussion of one way only, I have to touch upon two additional subjects, really. Uh, uh, su- an actual subject and an actual subject in terms of a person. So... First, you know, in short, how how has your experience been with the movies of this director, David, and does his genre output appeal to you at all? Yeah, yeah, for, very much so. I mean, I, you know, I like, uh, I like uh, a, you know, a bit of everything, and you know, his his stuff is uh, certainly not, you know, the standard, uh, you know, uh, standard kind of uh, kind of film. Um, mm-hmm. is, that his his uh, approach, his uh, skills of kind of uh, very much his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'd seen the the films you mentioned at the top of the 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 uh, the Choi bio, the story of Ricky Her Vengeance, and Seventh Curse. Although I've only so far seen Seventh Curse in its sort of a slightly cut UK video version, but yeah, I do have uh, the, still a lot of stuff is in yeah. there. Yeah, you know, they didn't cut the fun uh, special effects extravaganza and all of that. Yeah, so, uh, I mean I got the the Hong Kong uh, DVD uh, on order though, so I should mm-hmm. have that sooner yeah. rather than later. Um, I mean it is definitely you know very. I mean you can see that we'll get onto it later, but you can see from these 
his first two movies is very uh, very solid uh, you know technically and uh, you know that alone you know disregard uh, who's in the film or the plot or anything just that alone you know for me makes it always uh, his films always going to be worth at least one look so oh, yeah. I mean absolutely um, the um, I mean Seven Curses you know my favourite probably so far but I still, you know, I haven't seen that many, so there's, there's still, uh, there's a lot I haven't seen yet. So yeah, we 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 are doing the these uh, episodes obviously in a way that uh, we we don't watch all of them before the first shows, obviously. So uh, uh, it's it's going to be a continuing, you know, discovery. I, I've watched most. I mean, I I don't I don't have one. Uh, everyone, it's the problem. One is actually like free to just go undercover. Which uh-huh. is a movie I don't own. I've never seen a movie made between the Men from the Gutter and The Seventh Curse. So it might be a Shaw Brothers uh, comedy. Uh, it is actually a Shaw Brothers comedy that possibly was never released. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm going to look into it to see if it's in that shitty Sea Eagle box. And see if it's uh, worth uh, worth something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that's uh, that's possibly it. So he, well, he did four movies at Shaw Brothers officially then. So And for me, uh, ultimately, I, I'm a viewer that gets hugely engaged when it comes to B-movies, uh, horror, gore, energy. And uh, a very era-specific energy too, which applies to horror. Hong Kong applies to the likes of uh, Italian horror movies from uh, early 80s and uh, and uh, you know hardcore really gore, gory horror movies of uh, Lucio Fulci and uh, your Cannibal Holocaust and what have you. So I mean it, it was the same with uh, Hong Kong but, but when Hong Kong you know did this uh, this kind of energy that was you know a terrific treat and it was kind of one director that could provide all of that, and I, I, I can't think of many that uh, were as ambitious as Nana as Choi uh, was, especially when it com- came to sci-fi combo of uh, the, that combo I spoke of, sci-fi, special effect, horror and gore, and just energy, and uh, energy is such an underrated uh, aspect of filmmaking, you know, keeping it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't Sorry. just uh, yeah. you know, crank everything up, that's not how you do it. And uh, you know, it's everybody working together, film, uh, you know, a crew working together to to make it work. I mean, f- filmmaking is such a slow process, so I mean, it it uh, is probably very tedious uh, cre- uh, doing special effects movies, you know, and very slow. And uh, and then on on film, it's uh, fast as hell and entertaining. So yeah, I mean, it's, it says something for him as a director, you know, how he was with his, you know, with the actors and and with the crew. That is able to, you know, keep keep everything moving, and you know, you know, keep the keep the energy going, and, you know, just 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 keep it all moving along. Definitely, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna showcase that in this series. Series, uh, but but as we said. He wasn't directing on on his own for one way only. He got mm. to co-direct, uh, and uh, it's Danny Lee, the man who plays cops, <laughs> Lee Lee Sir, as uh, his character name is often in his movies, and. Uh, you know, it's not amazing as such to think back of him as an actor at Shaw Brothers before starting to, to take reins and uh, and uh, do the kind of movies he's known for. But it's amazing to think back on the vehicles he ended up in, as uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. Playing Bruce Lee in Bruce Lee and I, the star of uh, Energy Bald Wusha, movies such as Battle Wizard. He possibly did one, but uh, that's a... Great one. Oily Maniac, of course. Inframan. Super Inframan. And the Mighty Peking Man. All 
wonderful movies. I uh, I, I love that Shaw Brothers had uh, this uh, this this streak in them, you know, uh, to make a uh, ka- kaiju ega essentially, you know, so making uh, Japanese entertainment almost, you know. Good gigs from a viewer standpoint. I don't. I'm not sure Danny Lee essentially enjoyed this, and uh, but uh, man, it's fun that he ended up in those uh, in those movies. Uh, but ultimately, Cops and Robbers and Crime Flicks uh, was the calling for Lee as a director, and he went on this acclaimed tear in the eighties that included uh, movies such as Law with Two Faces, which is P H A S E S, not Face F A F A C E. Uh, which would have been a great title too, you know. But and he directed *Law with Two Faces* and won the Hong Kong Film Award for Best Actor uh, for that movie. It's a solid movie, not his best movies, but, uh, movie, but it's a solid movie. Uh, other movies was *The Law Enforcer*, *Cop of the Town*, and uh, also um, uh, a lot of viewers might have seen him in uh, *Rich and Famous* slash *Tragic Hero*, which is this complete, complete epic um, uh, gangster saga divided in two movies. He plays a um, cop uh, in that one too after Chime Fat. Uh, but most notably, he's in, uh, you know, obviously John Woo's The Killer playing the cop versus Chime Fat's assassin in, uh, you know, one of his famous roles, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, you can never forget the likes of uh, City on Fire, as I'll explain in just a short while. Um, he produced more extensively during the 90s under his Magnum banner, his production company. And naturally, Cop procedural, cops and robbers movies were still on his agenda, but but also, you know, watching category three movies uh, of his, it seems like his agenda was uh, being like put forth uh, about uh, how you treat uh, criminals, how you squeeze information out of suspects. You know, he favored uh, violence. It seems not necessarily violence done by himself, but violence that his team. Uh, that his team uh, does, you know, uh, smashing hammers over thick as phone books and against chest uh, suspects' chests, you know. But but that, that all that is not a hard, you know, a, hardly a unique stance for cop movies. Obviously, you know, you've seen that in uh, globally. So, but what it meant working with the category three rating was that the abuse could be taken up to, you know, very graphic levels, and uh, it's very evident in the untold story. How many hours of the untold story where we start to sympathize with Anthony Wong's murder as he gets uh, bullied and beaten up and uh, confesses to his uh, horrible crimes, though, putting human meat into pork buns. <laughs> Bun man. And you have movies with, like uh, Twist with uh, Simon Yam and Suki Kwan, and they get uh, water treatment uh, in that movie. And uh, one, uh, and what that means, though, is uh, Simon Yam gets a hose shoved up his ass and they, would, they turn <laughs> up the water, you know. And uh, Suki Kwan gets a bucket of water poured all over her, and uh, air conditioning is, uh, f- you know, turned on full, and also she freezes <laughs> and all that. You know, it's a uh, it's a good movie. I like it. He does occasional movies as an actor nowadays, including in Fatal Move. He yeah. played Sean Yu's father in one of the few good Jingle Ma movies <laughs> there is out there. It's called Playboy Cops. And uh, also, he's apparently in Ivy Hill's uh, second movie as director, which is uh, Crossing Hennessy. Yeah, it was, uh, he's really good in that, but it was, it was slightly confusing because um, he was playing almost uh, almost what I, initially I thought was like a like a gay character, mm-hmm. but then uh, you know it, it's they completely turned that around. It was, it, was, it was slightly odd. You know, you kind of thought, you thought you knew where the character was was going, but then. They just, uh, you know, they changed it completely. But wow. he, he was, he was good in it. 
Yeah, Ivy, Ivy certainly proved the claustrophobia for me that she uh, she had the chops to step up as director after being right for so many years and um, you know um, uh, making sh- you know I, I knew uh, Ekin Chen could perform well, but I, I was glad to see him perform well again in uh, claustrophobia. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ivy is a hopeful future, and uh, I'm glad to see um, uh, Danny still around. Um, I mean, I. His role in Playboy Cops is not revolutionary at all, but I, I like seeing him in there. Yeah. Was, uh, and uh, that Jingle Mama movie was great also because uh, it seems so fucking glossy. And, yeah. Oh, pretty cops. <laughs> and then there's a chainsaw violence ending. So <laughs> fucking hey, right. I like this a lot. Violent and unfair deaths and stuff like that. So yeah, go Jingle Ma. <laughs> Usually it's, you know, fuck off Jingle Ma. Yeah. Do shoot movies instead. Jingle Ma is a great cinematographer, but yeah. But anyway, uh, fuck him. Uh, what's your views on Danny Lee? Oh yeah, I mean, I got is uh, I got a sort of soft spot for him. He's one of those, uh, uh, you know, for sort of a long time fan of Hong Kong cinema. He's such a sort of a familiar figure that it's just it's always it's always fun just to see him in see him in films and mm-hmm. um, um, and you know. For me, you know, The Killer was the film that was the sort of true start of my Hong Kong film fandom. So, you know, that's that's you know enough reason for me to to keep up with what is what he's doing these days. I mean, you got like a guy that's played cops so often, mm-hmm. real cops salute him in the streets. You know, <laughs> that's a that's 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 a, that's got to be quite fun. Um, yeah, he tried out as a policeman, I believe, and uh, was oh. uh, rejected. Um, yeah at some point so but but he he made up for that i guess i mean you don't get respect necessarily uh, you know just making movies you know yeah i mean um, there's i mean like uh any you know just about probably any any other sort of actor or actress in hong kong has done a share of uh you know not so good uh films but you know there's there's uh, plenty of quality there too um i mean you mentioned uh, Law of Two Phases earlier. That's, uh, that's one I, I really like. That's a, that's a really, uh, a really go, a good, a good film for me. Um, mm-hmm. Of his more recent uh, sort of output, uh, I really like uh, Sharkbusters. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. That was the, fun. Um, the you know these sort of, you know, uh, you know, cops taking on the uh, you know. Cops taking on the lane sharks, you know. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it had its uh, satire streaks, and mm. that was not uh, uh, uncommon, and it's not uncommon for um, a director Herman Yao who made that yeah. movie. Uh, yeah, that was good fun. Uh, any more notes on um, on uh, on Danny Lee? Do 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 you miss his uh, frequent frequency in Hong Kong cinema? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know not really a sort of a you know a, f- a regular uh, you know regular feature in you know in 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 films now but you know when it when it does pop up it's you know it's 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 nice to see and and when you do get sort of a veteran actor like him you know could be could be lots of people but you know if specifically him you know you get you get him in a sort of you know one of the more recent films how against sort of you know some sort of younger talents you can kind of see uh you know you can see what he has to offer, you know, that sort of the the veteran, the veteran approach to his, his his craft, and you know, and with a new, uh, you know, generation of of of, you know, actors and actresses, um, you know, you don't necessarily see the same kind of uh, approach 
So they were, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a different industry now. Than oh, it yeah, was of course. Sort of, in, you know, the 80s and, and 90s even. But, you know, it's, it's nice to see, like, you know, a veteran, uh, you know, just, you know, just sort of do their thing and, you know, ha have the contrast with the sort of... Uh, the, and get know, different roles and, and uh, yeah. dare, dare to take on different roles as well, as you described with uh, Crossing Hennessy and all of that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. You know, he's... Danny is one of many comfort players in Hong Kong cinema. It's fun seeing a character, in this case, so willingly typecasting himself because he he, wa he wanted and so sometimes even you know forcefully trying to be the moral center of the story, which I uh, I find funny. You know, uh, the the guy who comes out at the end or at some point, you know, you know, I learned something today. Essentially, that <laughs> that kind of speech. There's a movie called Oh My Cops that is, uh, that has that at the very end he comes out and speaks the speak the message of the movie. Uh, it's one I think he directed Oh My Cops, uh, not one of his best ones though. Uh, 1983, circa, I think. Um, but uh, D Danny is a compelling actor. Uh, yeah. uh, and a compelling producer, especially when venturing venturing outside of his comfort zone, which is you know everything from playing a robber in City on Fire versus uh, Chang Fat's undercover cop to producing the island set quirky murder mystery, The Case of the Cold Fish, which I don't think he was in, but it's uh, Michael Wong and Michael Chow in a wonderful, wonderful dual act. Uh, Michael Wong sending up his um, his image. Uh, been in on a joke that he can't speak Cantonese very well, and uh, what a great movie. Case of the Coldfish, shot in sync sound as well. And you, you really can't ask for more when someone like Danny Lee can work the commercial game convincingly, and also do well when challenging, challenging himself. But also be a shameless exploitation genre filmmaker as well. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see that he's, uh, you know, that I'm missing something, you know what I mean? Uh, I think he was very versatile and uh, knew exactly what he was doing. And, uh, and um, you know, I, I never had a problem accepting here movies like Untold Story and Twist. Because in Untold Story, he, you know, they're having f shameless fun with it because the Untold Story cops are Macau cops. The, the real story was set in Macau. So what Hong yeah. Kong filmmakers therefore did was take the chance to ridicule the fuck out of them. Including having Danny Lee as the superior enter each scene with a new prostitute yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> under his arm, yeah. you know, because we are Macau coffee, we don't care about anything. Despite them being the regular team that Danny Lee assembled in his movies, including Parkman Wong, yeah, and, Parkman uh, Wong, yeah. yeah so uh, who's in um, One Way Only as well. But uh, I, I like I, li I like Danny. I mean, uh, you, you you can't complain. Uh, you can't complain at all. And City on Fire. Possibly is my favorite Danny Lee performance. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was fun having that after having seen The Killer. To have that switch. Mm. To, to see a movie that wasn't The Killer at all. And that was genuinely shocking. Because the, the violence in City on Fire is not nice. And it's very sudden. You know, yeah. sudden bursts. Uh, the, one of the murders uh, that happens during the heist. When um, I think uh, Danny Lee is uh, struggling with a security guard and he shoots him in the head. And obviously, there's not a big effect other than blood splashing, but, but it's the beats, you know, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. You know, that's how he shocked an audience. And Danny was, you know, part of that. So, uh, the, what about your Shaw Brothers output, that fun output? Did you ever get a chance to see that? No, that's the thing. I mean, um, I think we've certainly, I think here in the, in the UK, I mean, we have had, uh, you know, a fair number of, of Shaw Brothers films sort of, you know, make their way to to video and, and mm 
DVD, but the you know they're all what people typically think of when they think of Shaw Brothers. They were the sort of uh, the Chang Cho movies. You know, they were the sort of you know those kind of archetypal kind of uh, martial arts uh, films. Mm -hmm. The you know the the more, the more quirky sort of you know idiosyncratic uh, output just would you know there's no distributor here that would uh, would even uh, even touch them. I mean, I'm you know I'm familiar with with the names, but I've never I've never been at, I've never gotten around to sort of uh, to, to picking them up or, or, or even, uh, even just checking them out, but you know, it's I definitely. But does it know, appeal to you? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, then, that, I mean, the Inframan is literally a Japanese movie, really. I mean, it's uh, it's in that vein, but they do it so well, you know, uh, uh, with um, with uh, you know, uh, you can draw comparisons to Ultraman, I guess, and uh, fighting uh, not fighting giant monsters, but, you know, fighting actors in monster suits and uh, <laughs> in regular size and all that, and. Uh, and uh, one of the best reviews of Inframan was done by James Rolfe, who created the Angry Video Game Nerd. And, but he did uh, his uh, regular movie re reviews from, uh, from Halloween a few, a few years ago. And his Inframan review was a lot of, you know, boom, 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 and cut to explosions, new explosions, multiple explosions, boom, 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 boom. And it's true. It's a fair assessment of the film, and it's uh, wow, it's so wonderful, and I, I, it's a fine contrast to the man who plays cops. So. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I have to uh, have a look, uh, look a bit harder for some of those. Cause, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been, been in Hong Kong and, and been looking through video stores, and yeah, you know, they got a whole huge Shaw Brothers uh, sections there, and you know, there's, uh, you know, um, as well as the, you know, the martial arts films, you know, there's Shaw Brothers films that. You know, get talked about a lot. Sort of, you know, the mm. sort of the musicals or the sort of you know opera uh, type uh, films, but the sellers, you know, you know Inframan and uh, Oily Maniac and stuff like that. Not ne not not necessarily the sellers. No, but with those ones, I, I'm I think I've I think I can recall seeing some, but you have to look you have to look a bit harder to find those ones. You know, mm. you have to. You have to try a few more stores before you find them. Any any uh, tips uh, off the top of your head in terms of a uh, good store to find uh, some of these more obscure Shaw Brothers uh, movies? Or, or by now you think they're long gone? Uh, the, I the, don't know. The movies um, and stores. <laughs> it's hard. Um, it's weird because, I mean, last last couple of times I've gone back, you know, there are uh, less and less of this, you know, sort of, you know, one shop, two shop kind of, you know, independent stores. I just you know there's less each time I go back right so I mean it, it, a lot of them now it's you know you, there's the sort of handful of uh, HMVs that they've got over there mm -hmm. um, uh, original video it still has a few good uh, stores in and around sort of uh, Moncock area they're, they're kind of one, one of the best so but yeah I think I might have to uh, I might have to do a bit of digging try and find try and find some of these ones mm -hmm. it's definitely the kind of thing I'd watch you know 100% so mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's it's all it's all good fun. Uh, it doesn't demand anything from you. So, um, alrighty, that's uh, background information on uh, on the people we deem uh, where we are speaking of uh, before speaking of one way only. So we're gonna take a short musical break and we'll be right back discussing Nam Nai Choi's first movie and then Lee's first movie at Shaw Brothers and uh, first movie in general. So see you after the short musical break. <laughs> Dan 
单程路，怎么一条路？路在远方，路扑朔迷离，路在远方扑朔迷离，命运就像是这条路。Welcome back, and it's time for the first review of the evening. It's of One Way Only from 1981, made at Shaw Brothers. And the plot, which I took from IMDb, because I never wrote a very sufficient plot in my own review. Uh, I'm, I'm bad at writing plots, to be honest. <laughs> uh, anyway, we are introduced to Achang, played by Robert Mack. And Robert Mack appeared in several of Lau Garland's films at this time, including in Marshall Club and Eight Diagram Pole Fight. He's one of the brothers that die uh, during the uh, opening uh, opening battle and again and gets a nice introduction because uh, the camera uh, pans with every brother so and uh, each actor's name is put on screen as well so um, so uh, which is always fun but um, uh, Robert Mack plays A Chang, who is this super handsome and charismatic new kid who is looking for a way into the local motorcycle scene and before long, Chang lands a job as an apprentice to a mechanic, played by Danny Lee, who happens to be an ex-prize winning motorbike racer who has a limp, so presumably he got injured. Uh, Chang's bond with the guy nicknamed Goldhair is also at the center. I, I couldn't figure out the name of the actor, so pardon me. Uh, Goldhair has lost his mother in the fire and his father seems to have lost his mind and is living in the streets. And there are more strands like uh, you know this movie has plots small plot strands rather than one plot so it's uh, hard to say say the plot in one go but there, there are the strands like a very bare attempt at at uh, a romance um, bare attempt by Achang at romancing the character of May uh, but anyway we'll, we'll touch upon more of those in uh, our review you can sense that I'm having a problem with this movie already <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we always try to start the, these with essentially what we thought of it so uh, before we go into more detailed scene by scene uh, analysis if uh, our notes demand that so in short David what do you think what do you think of one way only um, I mean it's, it's very uh, uh, accomplished thing, you know from a, from a technical perspective for a, a debut feature that's when I you know when I was watching that I thought you know it's really um you know, I mean, you spoke earlier about sort of um, Samo and, you know, various people within the industry trying to persuade him to direct. You know, mm -hmm. it's sort of, you know, they obviously saw something in, uh, you know, in him and they thought they thought he could uh, he could do it. And, uh, I mean, it's, it certainly shows uh, it shows that. And there's very, uh, very solid, uh, you know, good, good handling of the, uh, you know, action sequences within the film. I mean, the plot and the plot elements... Um, you know, uh, fairly, you know, kind of typical of of, uh, of a lot of films, you know, Hong Kong films of, of in and around that time. You know, nothing that uh, remarkable, but, you know, as a whole, it's, you know, it's a very solid uh, production. And I always love to see, uh, you know, street level uh, footage of Hong Kong in in films, uh, you know. That, yeah, uh, yeah, that I agree with. Uh, I, I always responded to that. It seems so uh, genuine whenever they took it to the streets. Yeah. So um, sure, uh, I I summarize it uh, briefly before we go into detail. Uh, so spotty 
and, and and actually quite bad. I I don't get on very well with this movie. Didn't that uh, the same uh, when I first watched it, and not during the second time either. My reviews were very similar. I, I never reread my review before I watched it this time because your your pers- perspective sometimes change, yeah. and it was essentially the same. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, and and I think it, for me it starts with the casting of Robert Mack. It is mopey faced Robert Mack <laughs> who, who merely rides a bicycle. So at the start, so you're starting from the bottom theme going on here. Uh, you know, okay, fine. You know, at least if you get it into some concrete territory, this film, you know, provide a journey of some sort, then 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 I can by his mopey face maybe he'll be full of confidence and there's nothing wrong with the cheap inclusion of boobies in a fantasy sequence at the early early stages of the film (laughs) nothing wrong with that uh with this young adult uh young is easily distracted uh daydreaming you know while he's riding his bike uh it's odd but uh, there's boobies so we're new directors we what can we you know can we demand boobies yes we can and we will uh so you know and, and it's obviously an awkward character uh, at young and uh you know when he uh, when he gets his employment from uh, danny lee's character it certainly seems to be you know a start or something and i actually like danny lee's uh, warmth as uh, the boss yeah it's uh not one of those shouty shouty unfair ones you know he he, i appreciated the warmth because i can see lee being danny lee being very comfortable in that role and and danny can be very warm as an actor too uh, in certain movies you know his uh, smile is very um his smile is very sweet actually you can project that Uh, i i i'm seeing image from another movie in front of me that i can't name right now but uh you know that that speaks to his his versatility you know but but uh, this is obviously also a, you know a small portrayal of the lower class this movie uh, you know the the I, I i don't think they live in the walled city in this one uh, like in the second movie we're going to discuss but uh, you know they Chang lives in a tight apartment block and uh, his uh, his uh, mother hates him mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this mother is is hilarious in a way but she essentially says she'll she'll abandon the kids if she finds uh, um a, hus- a husband and that obviously means a husband with money and security so so there's no world of uh, happiness uh, provided here you, you just need to get by and kind of think for yourself which is not a fairly bad you know theme to have uh you know in the movie and uh, and uh being mean and selfish like the mother is is uh is is a, an, a choice of you know of that character and that has no place obviously so uh, it's a it's it's a dark portrayal of uh, probably a, a fairly dark time in uh, in hong kong sin- not hong kong cinema history but uh, hong kong history you know so you know it's it, for me for me it's a setup of the themes are shaky but you know at least at this point i i hope that okay let's be taken places yeah, you know what I mean. And, and but 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 what do you think of like the back of the background to the movie? How it sets is how it sets itself up in that um, way. I mean, it's like you said. I mean, it has some good, uh, you know, some good ideas, kind of good, you know, good kind of plot sort of concepts. But it never, you know, it doesn't quite. They don't quite um, 
don't quite come together. You know, they don't quite. Um, it's it's all it's all kept. You know, it's all kept fairly fairly light, and you know and that you know that's saying the phone is you know a bit of sort of a kind of a, you know a bit of, a, a bit of comedy and a bit of you know a, a bit of sort of romance as well. They're just you know they're just trying you know cover a few cover a few bases, but you know keep it fairly fairly light so it doesn't you know although you know there's some there's, there's something going on there, but they the problem is they don't try and cover too much in yeah. My opinion. Yeah. Uh, because it's all just minor tangents here and there that they try to tie together. You know, obviously that cops treat the bikers as the social problems. You know, these unemployed men, not teens, men. I mean, these adults uh, hanging That's out on the. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. This the Western actor in this is, uh, is is like the is he the chief or something? Um. Yeah, at least the chief of uh, yeah. the uh, cop that has the grudge <laughs> against bikers. Uh, he even had a like a, the, the the it didn't seem like a a, a British accent on the on uh, the the post uh, sync track. It seemed like the, this was an American accent, uh, which seemed, uh, if I'm not me, uh, remember me wrong, but if it was, it seemed very odd because you would expect, you know, a British superior in the uh, police system. Yes, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm not a hundred percent, but I think in the opening credits they they list i can't remember the guy's name but they list him as like a uh, it says something like you know famous soccer player or something <laughs> so, i missed that <laughs> yes so i'm sure i'm sure it's that character you know just, you know i mean just plays in like the you know the local you know long, local hong kong league or something wow but um <laughs> strange yeah it was just an odd an odd pick but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but the, he and uh, the other cop, uh, they, they they treat the, you know the bikers as the social problem, mm. as I said. And they, these uh, bikes bikes that they hang out on bikes rather than being thieves and murderers. Or uh, they 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 do they do say fake accidents at points and steal bike parts. But that that's essentially you know the extent of their you know sins against mankind. And uh, you know the cops even try and charge them for like fifteen yeah fifteen things. You know, you know, you did this. You, 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 you know, you didn't do this. You did this. You did this. Did this, you know, and it seems like such a waste of energy to try and nail the low lives. You know, uh, that didn't do much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, it's explained a little bit that the, this policeman who reads all the charges uh, for they don't expand this very much, but uh, that some biker i guess killed uh, his uh, wife and kid because he you you follow him home and he imagines he's coming home to his family life and it's just his imagination and uh, yeah, yeah and 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 that's the point where i thought like they are this is a way too crowded movie mm. uh and this backstory is not very expanded on uh, he appears a few times in the movies this uh, cop and right at the very end uh, where tragedy strikes but it, it didn't you know I can only applaud that Namna Cho and Danny Lee does exposition very well in this scene because they he just looks at the photograph, obviously fantasizes that the family is still there, and then the sounds on the soundtrack of uh, crashes, you know. So this quick exposition uh, taken care of rather than a huge, you know, five minute dialogue scene about what happened many years mm -hmm. ago. Uh, so, but 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 that that's a uh, you know, I would have liked if he went on a revenge tear. And made it into like a vi and then the movie would have been you know a violent exploitation movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it is it's got ideas, but it's it's just not it's not 
particularly, I mean, whether they, whether it was by cho by choice or, or whether you know, just that's the way it turned out. But it's just not. You know, there's ideas there, but they're not very focused, and, and the, you know, there's just there's little bits of lots of things. But yeah, yeah even 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 the even the romance doesn't go anywhere. I mean, mm. you, you you'd think that would be a central thing, and you know it's it's not it's not not even charming either you know it could be like this puppy dog romance in the way uh, a chang pursues may but th that dies out is actually a, uh, she rejects him essentially but th there's no drive to it's just a few bits and pieces you know you know shaking about and uh, they got a 98 minute movie out of it is way too long to yeah. uh, so you know i never found you know literally a gear in any story elements, you know, um, pe people just are. They are introduced as they are. Parkman Wong's character is apparently rich. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the, the only character strand I could latch on to was uh, uh, is the one uh, with the character of gold hair, which uh, you know is more of a sympathetic bullied character, and and obviously with his the story of his mother dying and his father turning insane. That. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's rather sweet. I mean, he's yeah. uh, he's uh, carrying that inside, you know, not resentment, but you know, it's uh, it, it's hard watching your what you presume is, you know, him seeing his father being very healthy and well, and at one point just turning all out crazy and running around as a bum on the street. Uh, um, you know, it, it's it, it, that's the, you know the most spark in in the movie, and um, yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you feel, but I I, f I felt this was a movie like designed to be a m movie about youths, but they cost a bunch of adults. <laughs> yeah. Adults acting like fourteen-year-olds, you know, silly billies. There's that fucking scene in where a Chang is gonna impress May by driving his bike towards her and then turning. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, he's over 20 years old in this movie. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It, it doesn't fit. It doesn't really work, you know. And uh, and, and there's some wacky scheming and uh, and all of that. But uh, I, I've never found a drive and a, and a, like a, you know, um, a, a, a line through the movie. It just went on to different, uh, different scenarios. They went to Macau to watch some racing. And apparently, some of these uh, these uh, characters were rivals. I didn't realize that until uh, w until they arrived at Macau. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it, out of all things, the only uh, aside from gold hair, the only like huge reaction to a character that I felt. Uh, otherwise, they're just uh, they just are. Is uh, you, you react to the mother again, Ah Chang's mother, because she comes back later in the film when he's somewhat successful and she's fucking like ooh my son i like my son did you make any money no not really oh fuck you then yeah. the, you know she's an unsympathetic mom they portrayed her like that you know so score you know for, for me i like yeah fuck her and at some point you know the last 20 30 minutes I, I stopped caring what what happened even though the movie turns really dark and uh, and eventually someone dies but I really didn't care at that point. I didn't know what happened, really. Yeah, I mean, in the first sort of hour or so, they've not really kind of, uh, you know, you know, sort of crystallised the sort of the plot and you know, kind of where they're going with it. You know, you're gonna, it's good, they're not really going to be able to sort of turn it around mm -hmm. uh, right at the end. It's just, it's, it's, 
too far gone by that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can agree that it uh, occasionally looks uh, accomplished and all of that. Mm. It looks like a director, uh, director of photography, you know, that yeah. was not my choice. He knew what he was doing and all of that. But uh, now, it, you know, m- me summing up this, it, it's no sign of a voice in either director. And at best, you know, all of this is a mild beginning. And, and we all, of course, need to begin somewhere. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, when we look back, which we can now. Thankfully, both of these directors found their voices. Yeah. And uh, big time, though. Very different voices. So, uh, th- this is, you know, we, we could have skipped doing this movie for, for the show, but we choose to because uh, we it's not a filmography of 50 movies. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes it's uh, really fun to get, uh, I don't know, the crap out of the way first. And it's fun also to know that the crap really was at the, the beginning of the career and for me personally it turned around quite a bit for his second movie brothers from the wall city which we'll uh, discuss after the break again Welcome back again. We're into the second half and the second movie. Brothers from the Wall City from 1982. Nam Nai Cho's second movie for Shaw Brothers and his first solo directing gig. And, you know, if you're going to think in terms of career trajectory, what he channeled for the future here, if you're going to think that way, you can certainly take away the brutality and grit from Brothers on the Wall, from the Wall City and say that that was like established here. And it would pop up again later, primarily in her vengeance. But there uh, also, throughout this movie, movies in various violent action scenes. Uh, the Kill- uh, Killer's Nocturne is one such movie. Uh, his early Shawbro's venture here sees you know those aspects coming to life, and Nam manages to cast a pessimistic shadow over his life through his storytelling in this movie. One Way Only was not really pessimistic as such. Uh, I think it tried, but it never really was. Uh, and, uh, you know, after watching Brothers from the Wall City, you and if you've seen Story of Ricky and the Cat, which I had at that point, you, you never really thought the guy who featured a man versus kangaroo fight in Killer's Nocturne, and more importantly, a faked cat versus dog fight in Hong Kong movies was thinking akin to this. But uh, he did. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't write this. Uh, I know he didn't, but, uh, you know, he's the director and obviously puts a little bit of him, um, you know, dedicated himself to the story. I can tell you that much. But we'll uh, start with talking about some of the principal players, uh, three of them. Uh, we're going to go through and discuss a little bit about lead Chin Siu Ho, co-lead Philip Ko, and supporting actor Johnny Wang. So what does that say about Chin Siu Ho, David? Oh, um, Chin Shio was, he was born on 26th of January in 1963. He's the elder brother of uh, notable Hong Kong entertainment figure, Chin Karlok. Um, he made his uh, film debut in the 1980 uh, Shaw's production, uh, The Boxer from the Temple. 
is he worked uh, consistently for about 20 years, with the high points being, you know, the classic Mr. Vampire, um, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, uh, two films with Jet Li, Tachi Master and uh, Fist of Legend. Um, his career stalled in, in, in 2000. Uh, he was, had some uh, negative uh, publicity uh, regarding, uh, you know, some uh, indecent uh, behaviour uh, on the M MTR, Hong Kong's underground railway system. But he's re resumed his career since. Um, and it's appeared in a number of, you know, high-profile productions, uh, Battle of Wits, 72 uh, Tenants of Prosperity, Revenge of the Love Story, and the recent uh, Donnie Yen film, uh, The Lost Bladesman. That, 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 that incident at the MTI, uh, I was shocked to hear because I didn't know about it. Uh, we, we, we talked about it on the first uh, vampire season. Mm. Uh, and apparently peaked under a girl's skirt or something. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. And I don't know what came of it. If he was sentenced to anything, I'm not. I'm not saying it was a crime that was, you know, 20 years in prison. <laughs> but uh, if he got a fine or uh, bad press uh, or, or stuff like that, so I don't yeah. Know. I mean, the, the first time I went to Hong Kong was in uh, was in the year 2000. And you is know, that Chin Su Ho looking under girls' skirts? And um, you know, certain actors who shall remain suave and sophisticated well into their 50s uh, told us uh, that it was, uh, it was appearing in the newspapers and you know the, these sort of you know uh, allegations and um, yeah it's um, it quite a surprise but you know obviously it, you know it affected him you know his uh, you know, career quite significantly I mean he's got no uh, acting credits at all for uh, you know six years mm -hmm. but he's you know he's He's doing some doing some things now, so now maybe he's you know he's by uh, he's by no means uh, you know he's a vet, he's a veteran obviously, but he's by no means a uh, uh, um, you know old or, uh, or or you know or past or anything like that. So he can he can still he can still make a contribution you know, if he gets, mm. the, gets the right okay. uh, opportunities. Um, so so what do you think in general about Chin Siho based on what you've seen? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's been in, you know, it's been in, in lots of movies that uh, you know I, I really uh, got, I've got a lot of time for, but he never, never quite seemed to, to break through. You know, he's always kind of, uh, you know, like a supporting, uh, you know, su supporting, uh, you know, actor or supporting role. He mm -hmm. Never quite had that starring role that really made, you know, uh, uh, put him into sort of, uh, you know, like leading man, sort of, uh, you know. Uh, the leading man kind of category. You just, but you know, he's always, uh, always done, a, you know, done a lot of good, uh, done a lot of good things. Just never had that good fortune, or uh, you know, to to get the the role that really kind of you know pushed him through and put him on onto another level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hero Dream wasn't necessarily that movie. You know, the movie did with his brother, shot in Thailand, has Thai females in it. <laughs> Rated category three. Apparently that didn't work either. Which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. He's a star that never was and obviously super talented physically. Yeah. That, that, that you should never take, take away oh. from him. Very acrobatic. Very looks. Much, yeah, yeah. He's handsome. You know, boyish looks. That, that doesn't hurt. And, and despite getting those good supporting roles it just seemed the audience weren't flocking to see him 
yeah. d- d- despite his effort being there, you can you can never say that his classic movies were lacking in effort from uh, from him or in uh, or in general, you know. But uh, s- sometimes sometimes things doesn't happen for you despite you bringing the right pieces to the table. Uh, so the only thing he has, I guess, to be ashamed of is his uh, running with the law uh, and the hero dream, depending on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not me. You know, I, I love hearing you, uh, but um, there you go. It, it, it's very liked. It's liked on the podcast on Fire Network a lot. So uh, yeah. Moving on to second lead, Philip Coe. What is this to say about Philip Coe? Philip Coe Fay. Yeah, he was born in uh, 1952 in uh, in southern China and trained in the uh, martial art of uh, Choi Li Foot from a from a young age. Uh, whilst still in his teens, he started working at Shaw Brothers, and uh, his first uh, credited uh, acting role, at least, is in uh, Cheng Chou's uh, Anonymous Heroes. Um, he moved to Taiwan, moved on to Taiwan in the 1970s. Um, you know, further his career as a as an actor, as an action choreographer. He eventually returned to Hong Kong uh, five years down the line. Um, you know, he's Work both in Taiwan and in Hong Kong it kept him uh, hugely busy. Uh, in the 1980s, he's uh, you know 70 uh, credits to his name. So you know that's a uh, Simon Yam does that in one year. So that's no uh, <laughs> that, that that is no feat at all. 70 films in one decade. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, it's uh, it's been in you know lots of films that you know. Uh, you know, l- uh, long-time fans of, uh, of Hong Kong films are going to be very familiar with uh, Tiger on Beat. Good man, uh, you call it what it's supposed to be called: <laughs> Tiger on Beat, not on the beat. Fuck you, HKL. It's called on beat. <laughs> uh, you know, Samuel Hung's uh, Eastern Condors uh, had a, a little bit in uh, Dragons Forever as well, and of course, uh, Godfrey Hayes' Ninja Terminator. Right on, the golden. Ni- he's after the golden ninja warrior. <laughs> He's speaking with Richard Harrison on on the phone. Regret which telephone Richard has. Yeah. Mm. Ninja is supreme, and you had double crossed it. <laughs> Golden Ninja Warrior. Sorry. He <laughs> made his uh, directorial debut in the eighties. A uh, film called The Pier. I, I saw that recently. Fucking hell, that was shit. <laughs> I, 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 and, and I didn't think it was going to be shit because it has so many cool people, and it seemed like it's going to be, it was going to be like in vain of. A movie set in the same era as Miracles and Light and stuff, but man, was that annoying? <laughs> really annoying movie. Uh, uh, the dub didn't help by either. The Ocean Shores dub on that was absolutely terrible. But uh, whatever. You get, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, true, true. Um, you know, he he continued to to work uh, consistently in the in the nineties, in front of and uh, behind the camera. Um, you know, averaging more than a, f- a film a year as a director and more than two as an actor. Uh, but, you know, the, the reality seemed to be that he was sadly becoming, a, you know, more of a, a marginal figure in, in the film world. And, um, you know, the, the last decade at least has not been uh, particularly kind to him professionally with uh, in no new films from him as a director uh, in the last, you know, in the last 10 years. And, only two very kind of low-key roles as an actor. Um, his most r- most recent credits uh, have him uh, working as a, a choreographer on uh, what uh, looked like a Filipino uh, action uh, action film. So, yeah, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. He's been he's been working in the Philippines for quite some time actually. Mm. Not 
not making gems though. No, no, but but uh, I, I, you know, I regard him uh, as another comfort presence in Hong Kong and Taiwanese films, uh, despite having an uneven filmography as director, producer, and actor. But we, you know, but what's good is pretty great and fun. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, again, a constant presence in martial arts movies, as you said, but. He really exploded into an incredible screen fighter in, get this, Eric Tsang's martial arts classic. The Loot was one movie and the other was The Challenger. And those are productions where everybody clicks uh, as the movies really score for real in the humor department as well as the fight department. And the end fight in The Challenger is absolutely jaw dropping (laughs) uh, with uh, David Chang and Norman Choi and Philip Coe. So, so, I mean, uh, wow. So, did, uh, did you say either of those? No. no I mean, I get that... them. Get them, man. I mean, again, Eric didn't action direct them, but he directed them. And he, he, he had graduated foster direct, and they are so much fun. And uh, I've never seen anything like it. It is such, you know, it looks almost like Lao Garlung quality to the action. You know, you, you always expected great things, things from a Lao Garlung movie. You know, with uh, a diagram pole fight, the martial club, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, my young auntie. This is that kind of excitement that I got from a Lao Garlung movie. You know, the elite, the elite action director of Hong Kong cinema doing what he does. I got that feeling from the loot and the challenger. Uh, that wasn't a Lao Garlung directed uh, project. I don't remember who it was now, but uh, it's amazing that both are on. The Joy Sales Legendary Collection, if you can still get them. Yeah, just uh, looking them up now, see, see where I can find. But uh, uh, yeah, but before I speak of his IFD days, uh, in, in, in general, again, uh, what's your thought about uh, Kofi? Yeah, I mean, it's so, sort of, you know, he's, he's maybe not done uh, so much, you know, lately that, you know, people might know, unless, you know, you, you really know, know your films inside out, but. It's you know it, it can certainly be said his to have made his mark you know people will you know when you know when all when all's said and done people will remember him mm-hmm. you know he will be remembered for for you know a good number of uh, of films so you know it's uh, you know well he might not be necessarily doing what he would like to be doing these days you know I think uh, you know he's uh, he'll have his little page in the sort of you know. The history of uh, of Hong Kong cinema, so nothing too too shabby about that. No, uh, the, the the page people probably forget about is his uh, IFD work. He mm. he he actually he he was one of the actors at IFD along with like Richard Harrison and stuff like that. One of the like more constant um, Chinese presences in IFD and um, in his work, especially in front of the camera. I think he did uh, direct and uh, action direct behind the camera at IFD, but he's. Uh, Work in front of the camera is fun because, uh, you know, <laughs> Ninja Terminator is great. He's uh, one of the um, ninjas that um, Richard Harrison faces off towards the end. He explodes at the end. He, uh, he uh, sets himself off, you know. Uh, it's the final image of the film. He, you know, he's defeated, so he just blows up, bl- blows himself up. <laughs> he you know, su- su- suicide bombs himself, which is, you know, kind of disturbing, but he... The ultimate movie at IFD for uh, Kofi is uh, Majestic Thunderbolt. Oh, Majestic Thunderbolt! (laughs) He's the the villain in that. He's the black magic villain slash sexual stud slash 
shoots chickens for some reason before fighting Richard Harrison at the end. It's it's amazing. It's an oh. amazing film. I want to try and find that one. Uh, it's fucking great, man. And the, the action is rather good. I mean, his fight with uh, Richard, uh, it's, it's a gunfight and knife fight. Not too bad. And it's uh, from a movie where Richard, uh, you know, woke up a little bit too. Uh, Philip also has a few decent directing and producing gigs on, on this belt. I, I really like his movie Final Run, which has this really epic cast and is great action movie it's, it's probably his finest movie for final run and you know because it's an epic cast you don't know really who's the hero simon yam is in it he dies uh so you know you you never know who's, who's going to be the last man standing francis um is in it in a in an early role he dies uh, so killer's romance is good too his uh, low budget take on the crime freeman uh, story yeah it's so, uh, simon yam yep Simon Yamas, uh, Joey Wong, shot in the UK. Apparently close to Big Mike uh, Leader's um, home grounds. So uh, it was fun for him to watch <laughs> watch that movie. Uh, so Final Run and Killer's Romance are the ones that stand out most in that regard for him. And, uh, and, and, and I like Philip. Philip, he's got nothing to be ashamed of either. And uh, Hong Kong cinema was busy, very busy. And not everybody could break out into huge stardom. So, uh, but, uh, you know, as you said, he has his place. And that's yeah. all. Yeah. As does uh, Johnny Wang, Johnny Wang long way, long way. So uh, very popular, and uh, he uh, has a supporting role in Brothers from the Wall City. And uh, I pulled this excerpt from a Kung Fu Cinema piece on Johnny, which was itself, uh, you know, pieced together from a Jade Screen Magazine 2004 interview with uh, Johnny Wang. So quote is: "Heroes are important, but sometimes what really makes a great Kung Fu movie is the villain." And Johnny Wang is one of those that really thrived playing villains, heinous villains. And he entered Shaw Brothers at, in 1974, working for Chang Che in his debut, in Johnny Wang's debut, that is, called Five Shaolin Masters. And over time, and got a reputation and still has a reputation as a powerful villainous presence, very popular, powerful villainous presence. Uh, it can be seen in a variety of uh, Sun Chung movies that we discussed earlier in the show. Uh, and very memorably in Lao Garlung's Martial Club, with the narrow alley fight being a highlight. I think they start in a wider space and it just you know, grows more narrow and more narrow and more narrow as he fights uh, Gordon Liu or uh, Wong Fei Hung in uh, Martial Club. It, it, I mean, Johnny is a force, a brutal force. You know, he looks it too. And he didn't have a problem with that, uh, you know, feeling and uh, dishing out violence, as is evident in his uh, directorial output. Johnny was actually a director, and he debuted at Shaw Brothers, at the very tail end of Shaw Brothers' um, production, with Hong Kong Godfather, which is uh, was always a popular one with uh, collectors, and is now out on DVD in America by Funimation. And it's, uh, he also made a movie the same here, Shaw Brothers, which is more obscure because it's in the shitty Seagull box. It's a movie called This Man is Dangerous. And both are like borderline and animalistic in its portrayal of violence. And it's especially vile in This Man is Dangerous, playing the main villain himself. Incredibly effective, you know, hatred for the villain. That's what you want. And it, especially in kung fu movies and action movies, you know, you really want hatred for the villain rather than... You know, some silly James Bond villain who's just saying, you know, 
well played, Mr. Bond. You know, pussy shit like that. You know, you want Johnny Wang just to be ripping people's heads off. And he could. <laughs> I'm sure he could. Uh, he was also director of uh, Angry Ranger that has a Jack- Jackie Chan stunt team action, but the very hard, hard hitting st- Jackie Chan stunt team action. You know, it's a very gritty, gritty, um, gritty in that regard. And I really like it. It stars Ben Lam, who can be seen in Police Story. He takes one of the uh, high falls from around about the escalator, I think. Either takes the fall in between the escalator going up and down, or is kicked down the escalator. That's Ben Lamb, who's the star of that. And uh, finally, Johnny Wang directed the Category 3 classic, The Punishing Drama Escape from Brothel. Yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, doesn't sound pessimistic when you say that it has uh, Sophia Crawford, UK Sophia Crawford, fighting butt nude with <laughs> Billy Chow, who's uh, uh, clothed uh, from the waist and down. So... Uh, but it's a really pessimistic uh, punishing drama and uh, it seemed, I don't know Johnny might have been that pessimistic guy who was just fond of that type of screen, on screen violence and awesome regardless, I love Johnny Way so, so what do you think about him? Um, if, you ha- if you have any experience as such with uh, Johnny Way movies I, d- I, d- I'm, I don't really, it's kind of a, kind of a new one to me, really. Do you um, recognize him when you see him? Oh, that's Johnny Wang, but maybe not through ten movies. Yeah, I can, as such. yeah, maybe you don't uh, uh, associate the name with the name with the face. Yeah. Um, Obviously, always had a mustache. I've never seen him without his mustache, so uh, so it's always facial hair. So so, so so that's always good. I recognize him now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, do do check out you know Hong Kong Godfather. It's uh, yeah, it's a classic. You know, it seems like. It was the last batch of Shaw Brothers' blood as well, because they just throw that shit everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not like splatter movie effects. It's just the walls are just smeared with the stuff, as uh, as uh, Norman Choi and uh, Long Gaian Beardy take on uh, people with uh, saws and machetes, and uh, it's all good fun. And uh, Angry Ranger, I think, is on. The legendary collection as well from Joy Sales and Escape from Brothel. Uh, if you are interested in that, I have the uncut print of that one. Uh, the UK DVD of uh, Escape from Brothel is heavily, heavily yeah. cut. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I, it would have sufficed having the Hong Kong version because that uh, has a few bits missing. But those few bits that are missing there are on the Dutch VHS. And I have that. Uh, it's actually one of my favorite tapes. Uh, but uh, do, don't buy that DVD with the double bill of New Kids in Town and Escape from Brothel. Or New Killers in Town, Rob, I think that's the double bill. But uh, yeah, it's good we're introducing you to, to someone then. We are yeah. brothers from the World City. And uh, we're going to take kind of a final break and actually move on to the plot and the review of Brothers from the World City. So we'll be right back, people. <laughs> Brothers from the Wall City is the review, and the plot goes as follows. Taken from my review, this time I think I wrote the sufficient plot. So here we go. Brothers Xiaode and Da De lives within the confines of the Wall City. 
running wild on the streets and not really working hard at school. Their father, played by Kwan Hoi-san, who is a great veteran, late veteran. He's in Hard Boiled, the big boss of Tony Leung Two Eyes in Hard Boiled. Uh, he's a respected and feared figure in the seed community and is one day stabbed to death by a drug addict. And the boys grow up, now portrayed by Chin Su Ho and Philip Ko, respectively. Philip Ko is the elder brother, uh, daddy. And uh, they are staying with their original living ground, kind of close to anyway. Um, and uh, the nightlife surrounding it. And Xiao there is the one continuing spiraling out of control, despite daddy's constant desire for his brother to put another spin to his direction in life, you know, study harder. And, uh, but uh, the spiraling out of control is the main thrust of uh, this plot, I guess. And uh, the walled city, the setting of the walled city, it, it deserves to be spoken about uh, a little bit. Uh, it, it's not featured to a great extent in the movie, but uh, it, a little histor historical perspective on, on, on it. It's today torn down by the Hong Kong government, uh, and, but its history goes back to the 1800s, and despite the British gaining control of Hong Kong, this area for some reason was never claimed until the Japanese occupied Hong Kong in 1941. And after this, the walled city turned into a slum filled with triad activity, whorehouses, gambling dens, and a population kind of organizing on their own, you know, causing outside influences to literally avoid the area. And although its goal, the area, was to survive, and uh, many businesses did flourish, uh, such as cheap medical care, in the end the government moved in for a clean-up uh, sometime in the 90s. Uh, uh, the, the finale to Long Arm of the Law is set in the Wall City, possibly shot on location too. It's a great, tight, cramped finale. Yeah, were, were you ever in, you know, the Wall City was torn down by the time you went to Hong Kong for the first time, David? Yeah, it was, yeah, that's uh, in 2000, mm. so yeah. It it's was, in uh, Kowloon, apparently. Yeah, Ka uh, sort of Kowloon City, kind of. Mm. Uh, but, um, all right, first, like, uh, small initial thoughts on the movie before we go in depth on this one. So, uh, your your first uh, small impression of Brothers from the Wall City, David? Uh, it's well, thankfully, it's a considerably better film than uh, One Way Only. Yeah, and um, um, it's uh, you know his style here, um, uh, you know, uh, Nam Choi's style here is you know is very um kind of folk you know he's very good at sort of framing the shot so you're seeing you know it really makes you look you know uh look at what you know look at what's in front of you so it sounds a bit daft let's put it like that but mm -hmm. you're really uh you're really forced to look at what he's showing you it's quite sort of uh it's not um i mean like um I mean, he was talking uh, earlier about the uh, finale of um, Long Arm of the Law. I mean, that was that was the you know the the way that was shot was was quite different. Well, this is he's very you know uh, clearly focused in on you know he's, he's uh, you know what he's showing you. Mm -hmm. It's sort of uh, very kind uh, unflinching. It's not there's not a lot of uh, you know the very kind of solid shots. There's not a lot of uh, camera movement you know necessarily and but it's really uh it makes it really um 
stark and you know the uh, you know the uh, in the you know the ex- uh, extreme uh, scenes in the film you know the violence of that it sort of it, it, it's it, overall dark, very much a darker movie uh, yeah you should never forget that when uh, when mentioning uh, anything about brothers from the wall city it's mm. a dark it's a dark ass movie yeah it, it, it's it's curious though if you watch the dvd and it's made in 1982 it's mandarin and yeah. um yeah. you know cantonese movies even at Shaw brothers were like you know dominating and uh and if you watch the ending of the movie it seems like to me that this re- the version they remastered or put out uh, celestial and ivl was not the local hong kong version because it seems like it's more of a sensor friendly ending for a territory such as mainland china where essentially is that that crime doesn't pay stance that goes first uh, it's not yeah. a terrible ending i mean uh, infernal affairs that's a terrible ending a very like very transparent ending uh, the mainland ending you know where 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 crime doesn't pay you know and and therefore there's no trilogy anymore <laughs> with infernal affairs you know if they end it like that then you can't have a trilogy but uh, you know it, it's curious i i i i wouldn't be surprised if uh, celestial actually have have another version in their vaults and this is what they released because they didn't know what they released uh, uh i could be wrong and i i'm not dissatisfied with the way it ends but it's um it's noticeable that with uh, the mandarin uh, dubbing and um uh, I, I would have expected uh cantonese first of all and that the ending goes the way it does we, we won't spoil it as such but uh, bear that in mind and make up your own mind and, uh, and, and let us know if you watch brothers from the wall city what you uh, what you think of it is it the uh, is that pretty much the the only version of the film that's uh, widely available? I think so. Uh, I don't think Ocean Shores, who actually got to distribute uh, some of the '80s Shaw Brothers movies on on VHS and Laserdisc, uh, I don't think they ever got uh, Brothers from the Wall City. Uh, they necessarily didn't get any of the like martial arts movies and such. They got a lot of comedies and uh, you know stuff like. Uh, Lust for Love of a Chinese Courtesan, the remake of Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan, and stuff like that. But I'm uh, not sure Brothers from the Wall City ever had a release uh, prior, which would have been interesting to see to to compare. Yes, yeah, it still seems to be uh, uh, pretty much available. So yeah, still, still out there. Mm. I know. People I, I, wanna... I go ahead. It's, yeah, it's still you know still there to be found. People, people wanna wanna look into it and. Uh, check it out yeah so you know as with one way only we're back on the gritty streets and uh, i like that a whole lot more this time i like a whole lot more as well that the movie presents you know times as, as tough economically and socially and times are way more violent and the young ones and now we finally have young ones you know <laughs> the young kids uh, the 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 small versions of our main cast they engage early on on the path of gangsterhood every kid seems to do in the world city with uh, you know they they beat each other they ask for protection money and and, and yeah kids are also portrayed as being kids you know having naughty fun you know pulling up the the skirt of uh, of a woman you know to reveal what kind of color of her underwear is Uh, and it, it all makes sense here in then in one way only when the shillish shenanigans is like this and not done by the 
you know the 20 plus adults <laughs> in one yeah. way only and uh, i don't know how you feel but uh, you know the, the shooting in I, i'm fairly convinced that they shot in the walled city i think it's too great of a build uh to be done inside at shore brothers so, yeah, it, it look, it looks, uh, the the, it the exterior uh, the exterior sequences in the yeah. whole city, I should say. Yeah. And these scenes, they are so fucking claustrophobic, phobic and eerie. Uh, even like when it's all about our main characters running away from the cops and them navigating the narrow alleys of the whole city, and it's so. I'm not a claustrophobic guy, by you know, I don't have I have that in me, but this felt. Uh, I didn't like watching this because of this <laughs> you know it felt uh, it felt very real and good on nam Choi for uh, for for making us uh, believe that and uh, and obviously the old cities uh, you know had thriving businesses including dodgy strip shows yeah but but yeah. this you know he has nudity uh close to nudity i think uh, the stripper that uh, was supposed to cover up her breasts uh, but she actually there was some nip slip uh, in the movie, so it's not cheap nudity as in one way only, which, which no, was no. just dumb as shit. This is, you know, uh, the strip show ends at, you know, uh, you can you see a man trying to force his wife to strip at a show, you know, and that's that's not comfortable either to watch, but that because that's that speaks of the desperation in the area. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh... I mean, it's a, it's an entirely different story, obviously, from you know, the, yeah, the kind of story from you know, from uh, one way only to this. It's you know, it's night and day, uh, and you know, the the approach is different as well. You know, the, the the script is a lot more, you know, there's a lot more focus, mm -hmm. and it, you know, it just sort of um, it has a it has a drive finally. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's that's the word. Yeah. So, and. Uh, you know, I, I, when done right, I can get disturbed by simple things, and and I even got disturbed with the scene where 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 they watched the robbery, uh, and uh, you know, just watching the robbery, kind of delighted. One of them is delighted, the elder brother isn't, and yeah. uh, and then afterwards they move in for the loot. Uh, in this case, um, uh, cigarettes. Cigarettes, yeah. And it, it's kind of the virus of this world because the kids seem to have known no other world, even if. You know, Quan Hoi San's character, or rather, even if the elder brother does show more morals of the two, and obviously Quan Hoi San's character, the dad, tries to teach them, uh, teaches the oldest one first and foremost to, you know, keep track of his brother. You know, because uh, his, his father's maybe feared, uh, maybe feared, but uh, it's not, you know, trying to corrupt his children. Yeah. Which I like, and is a, is a wonderful role for Quan Hoi San in that regard. Uh, you know, what a veteran he he, he owns a mahjong parlor, uh, a mahjong house in, in the movie. So it's it's you know it's a gangster year, but it's not like uh, we have a drug operation going on here. You know, no, it's, it, it's not a he's not a a, a ruthless character. Is is you know he's trying he, to he do. He gives a guy money that they beat up. Mm. Uh, that cheats, you know, give him money for bone settling, as the um, subtitle the subtitle said. <laughs> you know, ouch. <laughs> uh, but 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 you know, just to compare us a little bit, uh, what do you think of like wh when I say I found like the robbery disturbing and sort of the atmosphere and uh, and shots in the wall city like eerie and creepy? Uh, how do you react to that stuff? In, yeah, in, I mean, in, in, in this movie specifically, though. 
yeah, the uh, you know the 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 alley alleyways are they they look so tiny, yeah. and you know and they're just you know the the people are running through them, the cameras flying through them. Uh-huh. It just sort of it's like a it's almost it feels almost like a delirious kind of feeling because you you know you can't really you can't really um, you know settle on on what you're watching. You can't sort of focus on it because you know they're just it's you know the camera's flying through and then you know it's just sort of it's good it's, you know when when it's you know when they uh, when the kids are running through and they're trying to escape from the from the cup mm-hmm. it's just sort of it's a, you know all the, you know all the images are just sort of you know flying past you yeah. you know <laughs> you're uh, you can't focus on it and you know they're trying to hide and I mean you're talking, talking about the robbery they're just kind of hiding behind I don't know, it's uh, just like a, a rock or something. They're kind of <laughs> hiding behind this thing, just looking over as these these guys getting, you know, beaten up and uh, and robbed, and um, they're just kind of observing. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of looking. They're not sort of, they, you know, they, well, they 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 join in once the other guys are gone. You know, they yeah. they, they pick up the cigarettes, but then they they're, they're just kind of just kind of watching, you know, and that's kind of how that. Uh, how that place has 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 affected them. That's how they, you know, they're kind of they're still young, but that's mm. how they're, they're growing up to be. They just sort of see that, and it's it's um, it's like a better it's like, it's social like a, uh, commentary than in one yeah, way. Yeah, it's almost like a it's like a it's a you know it's not a, a disturbing thing to them. That's they they would appear you know it appears that they would see that a, a lot. You know, mm. especially the the younger brother, and even like mm. that. that that connects to the scene where the brother catches him uh, wrapping cocaine for others and uh, yeah I'm, I'm not sure that little kid is aware of the cocaine but he's aware of the fact that money can be made you know not where the coke is going and uh you know yeah i mean that's where the i think the guy has the the, the who's, who's doing that he has his thing set up in front of uh the father's uh the father's shop Mm-hmm. And he he, he he like he like moves him along because he, he he doesn't want him doing business, you know, in in front of his of of his place. Mm. What a great veteran to have! I mean, I've always, you know, I may not have seen more than five, six, seven movies with Quan Hoi San. He's a long career. Obviously, he died mm. maybe five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, about about that, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a wonderful wonderful veteran to have. Um, I've always lo- liked him, and I mean, obviously, globally known for hard boiled, uh, but mm. uh, you know. What, a comforting face to have, you know, as a, a small character role that needs to be done very well, you know. Uh, yeah. So that, uh, I, I really dig him. I, I, it was my heart seeing people do well in general. And I mean, I did this, this is one such case. Uh, you know, it did, we, we're going a little bit scene by scene here, beginning of the movie. I think it's the most impressive part of the movie. Uh, uh, you, you see the same character that... Uh, tries to force his wife to to strip uh, again l- later on it really again hits me how disturbing desperation is especially when drugs are involved because the father is a drug addict uh, the husband is a drug addict who yeah. tries to you know get his uh, wife to strip him it's a horrible concept and uh, you know <laughs> it must be so hard for you know a father figure like Juan Hoisan to steer his kids into a right moral direction when this is all around you yeah uh, you know to find a future and to sort of fight the future and 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 I don't either think that the movie doesn't seem to be pessimistic just for the sake of it just for exploitation it uh, could have been 
but it doesn't seem like it. It seems to come from sort of a real place, a real, you know, as heart and brain into it. So from someone, a writer uh, or director knowing Hong Kong, having a you know feel for the vibe in Hong Kong at then and at this time because the movie is set early eighties, uh, presumably. It uh, it might have been very true what we saw on screen here. Yeah, I mean it's um, definitely uh, there's a very strong sense that it's not showing showing you what it shows you, you know, purely for you know uh, for you know entertainment or, or mm. for for thrills. It's you know obviously you know it's a it's a desperate place. There's you know the people who are having sort of you know uh, you know you know the addicts who are having really hard times, but. Mm-hmm. You know, in in you know, the cat, the father. You know, he's, like you're saying, he's he's a he's a gangster, but he's you know he's trying to do uh, you know uh, the right thing for his for his kids. You know, to mm-hmm. try and you know steer them into sort of you know a pr- productive uh, you know path in life. Mm-hmm. But so it's just you know it's that kind of it's not you know uh, it's not black and white. It's uh, you know there's all every kind of person there it's just a really uh specific uh you know this this area is these circumstances these people are in but you know there's there there are people there uh you know that are trying to you know do the right thing by by their kids trying mm-hmm. to sort of trying to trying to be productive uh, it's just you know they're they're in this they're in this situation that makes mm-hmm. that makes it a very hard, uh, hard thing uh, to accomplish mm. pretty haunting stuff too and uh you know, there's some good music in this movie, tragic music, especially right before Quan Hoi San is murdered. There's some good music and the intercutting between him leaving the Mahjong house and the kids preparing for school. But then, then I don't know what happened here. The stabbing scene has really upbeat music. Yeah. It sounds like it's taken out of a fucking TV show, you know, the opening credits to a TV show. And it, they repeat it twice yeah, later on in the film as well. Uh, it really took away the 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 hard effect that you know the death of the father should have had. I mean, it, it is upbeat. Yeah, I mean that um, that whole uh, sequence there. You know, the kids getting rid of the school, and you know the father just got, you know it's very early in the morning. He's kind of you know going around his his uh, his little patch. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a that's a fantastic little sequence, and it just kind of um, it. It doesn't kill it, but it, it definitely takes takes the edge off of it because it's a it's a way sort of cuts from you know one uh, you know the, the kids are sorting out their uh, school books and mm-hmm. you see the dad just kind of you know yeah, yeah all's good around. all's kind of good everything yeah all, all's doing what they should be doing yeah and uh, the 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 tail end of the scene where they they obviously chase down the drug addict and yeah. uh, he they inadvertently kill him or he slips that's a uh, sudden piece of violence when he slips onto the broken bottle is uh, it's really good because it, that's a, such a good example of you know uh, sudden violence accentuated by sound effects obviously but by editing too you know you know let's say like three sharp beats you know slip fall boom you know I, I, I like that it's evident throughout the film really this um sudden violence you know that doesn't have to do with uh, uh, Shaw Brothers blood being sprayed all over the place or extensive makeup effects just uh, you know sound and editing and uh, good shots and obviously here, here's like you, you can sense a honed vision 
being uh, bred here. You know, uh, the, the you know the violence and the grit uh, that we saw later in uh, her vengeance, in particular, it's uh, very evident here and and skilled. You know, uh, it's uh, such scenes that are very simple. Uh, again, with no extensive makeup or blood. That 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 you have to work on to get audiences to like go ooh. Yeah, I mean, and and it's yeah, I mean, it's, like you're saying, it's the few sort of you know the the choice of the music that kind of slightly you know, affected the uh, the the scene with the the death of the father. But yeah. it, I mean, it's quite um, should have put some Morricone music on it. <laughs> it's, it's quite it's fairly you know remarkable that this is only his second uh, feature as the director, and he's already like uh, you know you can already see uh, you know him really kind of you know, you know, you're saying, you know, reflected in, in, the, in the, you know, her, you know, her vengeance. Um, you can see him kind of, you know, having, you know, having these ideas and really kind of pursuing them and, you know, and sort of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, getting his sort of vision really kind of, um, you know, starting to sort of come together. I mean, mm. It, it's not it's not impossible that uh, working with Sam Chung for so many movies yeah. that, yeah. Uh, you know, the vision got kind of honed and the ideas mm. of filmmaking got kind of born and bred there because, it's, yeah, again, several of Sam Chung's movies are edgier and darker than most uh, than most uh, Hong Kong movies are. H- him and uh, director Kuei Chi Hung were some of the best directors at Shaw Brothers in terms of that. Uh, even when making, you know, on the surface, uh, you know, uh, ordinary martial arts movies. So, um, uh, so, so uh, uh, it makes sense to me that uh, that Sun Chung as you know plays into you know, plays into this story as well. You know. Um, so you know, if you haven't seen many movies of his, uh, the the Avenging Eagle, Human Lanterns, and um, even uh, one movie I spoke of um, on the show not so long ago with Mike Banner, The Devil's Mirror. It's great Sun Chung stuff. You can't go wrong. He directed City War as well later on. Um, oh, yeah. Chai Fat Dick Lung movie. Really violent, uh, violent too. And uh, dark and gritty. Uh, normally when you cast kids and uh, then later is supposed to, you know, put uh, their, uh, their adults counterparts uh, come, into the, come into play. You, normally kids are, don't look that much alike. I think they really found a good look alike for once in these kind of moves for Chin Siu Ho and, and, F- and Philip Coe to an extent too uh, those kids I thought were really well cast yeah they did, uh, especially Chin Siu Ho's uh, uh, sort of, uh, young counterpart yeah they did, they did uh, I mean it's not a you know easy uh, easy film for you know kids to be uh, an effective uh, part of mm-hmm. uh, but they they you know they they did really uh, they did really really quite well well with it you know it's quite uh, yeah the elder needs to look a bit elder, a bit more mature in his way and his looks and they definitely found that in in the slightly older brother as uh, portrayed by portrayed by that kid so I I I, I, I was impressed by that <laughs> but but you're speaking of age, <laughs> just, just fucking kid at the club, that fifteen year old <laughs> that is requesting girls at the club, at the ho- uh, requesting hostesses. Now, okay, is this this isn't even in like the Wall City anymore? It's a uh, it's a uh, when you know Chin Siu Ho and Philip Ko have entered the movie and you got that fucking kid, you know, 
with her rolled up sleeves and uh, on, on his uh, jacket. I don't know what that was about. But <laughs> yeah, and the, the woman that's talking to him says, oh, I'm only 10 years older than you. So in, in the subtitles, you know, it's more like sort of 30 or 40. Yeah, but... fuck said she was old. Yeah, yeah, old lady. But uh, I don't know. It, it was a tangent, a tangent that I, I enjoyed yeah. that, though. But um, yeah. it, it doesn't matter at all. Maybe they were just no. trying to have a bit of fun. But, uh, you know, it's a bit mix of a huh? Okay, it's funny, though. But huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it serves as an introduction to uh, Philip Coe's uh, Cole's character. And he, he's not fallen it seems in adulthood but rather making a living akin to his father you know running a hostess club that yeah isn't strictly legal as such you know uh, as these things are in hong kong but it's not you know a done you know a grungy whorehouse necessarily you know it, it's one of those you know discos that you see in uh, movies where all the costume clad men with glasses goes to in uh, hong kong movies uh, in l- later in the 80s as well for fun and and for tragic purposes, uh, this uh, setting existed in uh, Hong Kong movies. Uh, later on in Girls Without Tomorrow, Call Girl 92, and uh, Moonstar and Sun was one such really downbeat uh, stuff. But um, the it, it it's a it's an iconic setting, if you will, uh, in Hong Kong movies. Uh, and Xiao De is uh, you know running the streets, you know, compared to his brother, but he's uh, running around. And he's still going to school. It's uh, he's that young. I mean, Philip Coe's older brother, presumably, is like four or five years older than him. So, uh, so he's not in school anymore and making a living and all that. Uh, and uh, you know, his development seemed to have turned out fine. I, I mean, he's still uh, dead. As uh, you know, if he would have not reached. You know, farther up the ladder, if you will, a career ladder, it probably wouldn't have been too bad. It seems like he's doing okay. And he is still taking care of his brother that's running around. And, uh, and but, but, but it all, you know, the downbeat aspect of this film is that they, you know, a, a small conflict, a silly conflict with even silly revenge tactics is going to spiral so much out of control into a deadly territory. And uh, this is, you know, obviously that's the drive for the movie too, that uh, they are kind of doomed from the beginning, it seemed, even though people tried to get them on a good path, the father and elder brother. So, 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 you know, I guess the question is, do do, do you all think this movie is uh, too much in any way and it's a downbeat downbeat nature? Um, No, I don't don't really say that it's... uh, um so I mean, it's, um, it's. I mean, you know, for my own uh, sort of choices, it's it's not a film I would watch, you know, uh, you know, uh, regu- regularly. Mm-hmm. But it's a, uh, it's um, you know, it's. I'm you know really uh, glad that I watched it. It's um, it is. In, in, you know, it makes do, you, do, do, do you get affected as such? Do you feel like Oof, this is tough to watch? I'm not comfortable watching this. This is, um, you know, or, or no, how, no. how do you work in that regard? No, I'm 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 usually okay with that, but it's sort of it's quite um, it's it's quite harsh. You know, they sort of you know they sort of um, you know they. You know, I, mean, I mean, there's unfair deaths in this movie without spoiling anything, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, I think Nam Nai Choi really portrays those 
unfair deaths and that spiral of violence really well. I, I definitely get mm. uncomfortable in the case of this movie, uh, watching that, because I, I, I think it's about engaging in the characters, and, and I, I, I was fairly engaged in these characters. I didn't want to see bad things happen to them. They weren't necessarily bad characters, not even... Shao Dao is just a, it's just a kid. He doesn't know any better, really. He's, he's still a kid in this movie. I think it makes sense for his like seventeen, eighteen year old to still be, you know, dumb. You know, uh, you, and, and you are you are at, at that point in life. You are pretty dumb. You know, you haven't learned a lot about life. But unfortunately, they're stuck in this spiral. So. Yeah, it's it's not sort of um, it's kind of it's not an um, like I was saying earlier about it being sort of. For entertainment, it is, you know, you know, you you enjoy the film, but it's not. Um, you they make you care about what happens to the to the to the, to the people to the, mm-hmm. to the characters, and, you know, and that's you know that's the sort of uh, uh, you know the greatest sort of tribute you can you know you can compare to the, mm-hmm. the people that are involved in this. You know, they make you care. You know, you, you don't just think, oh, right, you know. Yeah. And, and, and by that, uh, and when they do that, you do kind of flinch at the violence, yeah. uh, even though it's not yeah. graphic as such. This does have pretty graphic violence throughout, especially aftermaths are pretty graphic. Uh, at one point, someone falls off a house. And, yeah. uh, you know, the aftermath yeah. in the street is not, it's not hard to set up that stuff. They just, you know, have the have the person lying on the street and uh, you know the impact of the fall is shown you know in the red pavement uh, but that that's that shit's hard hardcore when done right because you care you know yeah i mean they've they've put the the yeah, effort into the uh you know into the script and into the performances that when that happens you you know, you you feel it you know you, you sort of you know it you know you care about what you've seen and you know and, you know, and, and when when those moments happen you uh, you know it's uh, you, you know you really react to them and m- most of a, a lot of tribute you got to pay to philip co in this movie he, he is a revelation in this movie I, I, i've never seen him do something like this before or since you know he really emotes and reacts well at taking on this character he seems to care about the chance he's getting to to play a character not relying on action that there's a like two fight scenes at the end but they're brawls and it's not an action role at all i i yeah. i'm gen- i was i was surprised the first time i saw the movie still surprised that philip Coe's honed performance you know what i mean yeah and uh, it's, uh yeah uh that, that that's one of the main you know, you know, you you certainly didn't expect that from Philip Coe, knowing Philip Coe, yeah. No, and uh, no, that was um, you know, not um, not perhaps what he's he's best known for, but he uh, he really uh, really puts 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 it, you know, puts forth a really uh, really strong, you know, acting performance. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, you know, it's not sort of, you know, it's not, you know. Uh, uh, Tough guy, not a sort of you know action hero. He's just, you know, he's just a guy, and uh, you know, he's trying to you know trying to trying to take care of his brother, trying to sort of you know make his way make his way in life, and mm. you know he's he is able to put that across, you know, and uh, and, 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 and as really a contrast, well. he's played in a in a few kung fu comedies as well. Mm. That never worked. 
Because that was, no, 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 no. You're not funny. You're not funny. But dramatic, yeah. I, I buy that. I did buy it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, so, speaking of Johnny Wang playing uh, the, the cop that is uh, the father of like Chin Su Ho's uh, girlfriend, temporary fling, that he actually impregnates too. Uh, and, and 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 you see an early scene with uh, Johnny Wang and um, uh, with Philip Coe witnessing uh, a robbery, and he says like I I don't engage until they actually have seen they've stolen the money, or in this case he don't engage until uh, there's a bloodshed. You know the robbers uh, cut this girl on the cheek. Uh, another, another good piece of violence. You know one of those well, it's fast type of type of violence situations. And and you think, is this a cop that like, compared to the cop in one way only, is uh, prioritizing, you know, or is is you know is the corruption involved here that he does whatever he likes? Uh, and uh, I, I I'm not gonna spoil it at all, but I'm I'm gonna say this much though: it's genuinely to me anyway. Uh, I didn't remember this, but it's still genuinely shocking when you realize the connection that Johnny Wang oh shit he's the father of her you know and now and if oh if and if that happens if he finds out then he goes back to Philip Coe and Chin Su Ho so you got you got classic drama obviously but I I actually was kind of you know on my on, on the edge of my seat in that way you know oh my god what's gonna happen because you know Johnny Wang can beat the shit out of you and he's a cop <laughs> oh no so um yeah I'm uh, it, it it's a what what one of the other great actors in this movie? Uh, um, just gonna mention a little. The main conflict Chin Su conflict Chin Su Ho has is with uh, actor Wong Ching, uh, who has it was a staple of primarily uh, Golden Harvest movies, and uh, has this wide, wide, wide smile. He has a big mouth. He's in kind of I don't know. I'm not gonna say he's known for that, but. Uh, you know, for instance, in the movie Till Death Do We Scare, it's a horror comedy. Uh, Tom Savini, who worked on that movie, famous makeup yeah. artist, Tom Savini designed uh, designed a makeup for him where he stretches his mouth. Yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah, uh, so uh, that that makes sense. He's a ghost by that point. So, yeah. uh, but but I like him, and it's that conflict that really tells. You know, it's it's kind of light and funny. The type of revenge just is about, you know. Um, you know pranking in return you know but then that he turns really scary because when the conflict turns really scary and gory and graphic and the spiral continues to go down that that uh, you know Wong Ching is part of you know a very dangerous aura that the movie that the movie has and uh, you know for me for me summing it up uh, is uh, it's very accomplished it, uh, it he's well on his way Nam Nai Choi. And I think I liked it the second time around a, a bit more. I, I think knowing more about Nam Nai Choi, I think I, I saw uh, I saw a lot more aspects that were uh, a lot more impressive than uh, than I gave that I gave him credit for when I first saw this a few years ago. Uh, it's not like the world's best, uh, you know, downward spiral type of violent story, but it, it's it's really affecting and they're done, uh, you know, featuring rather guys that you don't expect in this kind of movie uh, movie and uh, to don't expect to do well in this kind of movie uh, even Chin Su Ho uh, he was not like you know 
he, he was used for action and uh, he is in comedies and and uh, and action movies and even old school movies and this seems just like a someone find a good movie for everybody to stretch stretch themselves in and a lot of people responded including you know the man at the top uh, Nam Nai Choi so, yeah, so I guess that that's how I sum it up for myself what about you um I would uh, definitely I mean I was saying earlier it's not this not necessarily the kind of film I would choose to watch with with regularity but just sort of uh, just you know, through going over the, the you know the performances the story the scenes I want to uh, I actually do, I actually want to I want to watch it again I just want to um, I want to you know now I'm kind of a bit more you know I didn't seen the film uh only ever seen the film the one time just be- you know before uh you know a few days before we, we were doing this uh doing this review so mm-hmm. i mean it's it was you know entirely new to me but mm-hmm. i it's talking about it again makes me want to go back to it again and you know being having w- watched it one time already just mm-hmm. kind of to be slightly more uh you know relaxed mm-hmm. well not relaxed this is you know it's maybe not the right choice of word but you know, certainly, um, you know, I can, you know, be able to take take more of it, more of it in, and you know, sort of, uh, you know, appreciate it on on a different uh, on a different level. I think. Mm, right on. Yeah, s- s- second time around. Yeah, right on. That uh, not one time only. This movie, <laughs> you know, barbish. <laughs> uh, yep, that I I I have no problem returning to dark movies as such. Uh, you know uh not a lot of people rightly so you know like to get you know be slapped around mm. uh in movies uh sometimes that is needed though and i don't mind that at yeah. all. I, I i can watch that stuff frequently even though i i don't necessarily but i can you know uh, uh so yeah I, i'm 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 i think i re- re- reevaluated the film you know i had it in storage for fuck's sake i, I that's how much i kind of you know I didn't deem it worthy of a rewatch because I, I, I don't have a lot of space here, so I need to put certain movies in storage. But uh, this one is staying in. <laughs> this one is staying in for the winter. <laughs> um, all right. That kind of concludes, I guess, uh, our first episode of first coverage of Nam Nai Choi and, and what's probably going to happen next time around, uh, unless something changes, is... The, the next two movies in his filmography is uh, Men from the Gutter, which I'm going to say now is a fantastic action movie. Uh, and uh, his next movie after that is Three, Stu- Three Studios Go Undercover. And I'm I'm not too sure we have we have that um, available, Three Studios Go Undercover. I'm going to examine what was in the C-Box and then turn to my sources if it actually was in the C-Box. If not, uh, I'm not sure it ever was released. So don't be surprised if next episode will be Men from the Gut and the Seventh Curse, which will review again despite Stu doing a commentary. His focus wasn't necessarily to sit down and review it, it was just to have a good time with his friends and record it and see how that worked on a podcast. And it was good fun. Uh, and he's given me, you know, the blessing to actually review the movie, The Seventh Curse, and still have fun with it, obviously, because uh, Time Fat has a pipe in the movie and that's fun <laughs> and then rocket launcher yes and chin su ho is uh, is, uh, is uh got a st- strange uh, curse on him which uh, makes his uh, knee explode or something <laughs> which is fun uh, 
so either men from the gutter slash free studios go undercover is the next episode or men from the gutter slash the seventh curse so um ho- hopefully I-, I will find free studios because i haven't seen it obviously so so we'll see what happens and that could neatly round off you know the Shaw brothers coverage of uh, uh in when it comes to nam night Choi. so we'll see what happens uh, uh this has gone very well so I- i'm looking forward to this series being like very extensive and um that uh, it's uh, hopefully we've reached some people who want to examine the movies like we do from the start maybe so which is uh, the the ultimate uh, you know reward as well J- just like you said with uh, you you want to re revisit the film now and uh, yeah. that's yeah. the director's reward reward if you will so you've been listening to the director series at podcast on fire network located at podcastonfire.com Check us out on our message forum, podcastonfire.com forward slash forum, where you'll find the wonderful members only archive, all free and all good. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash POF network. And follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash podcastonfire. Check out my writing and video reviewing on sogoodreviews.com and sleazykvideo.com. And I'm on Twitter as well, twitter.com forward slash so good reviews. You can subscribe to the Podcast on Fire Network on iTunes as well as on Stitcher.com, Stitcher Radio. Search Podcast on Fire Network after you downloaded it to your computer or your smartphone and uh, have us let us uh, be in your ears and uh, and uh, let the filth be in your ears and the uh, claws be in your ears. Podcast on Fire Network uh, delivers both. And finally, the Hong Kong Gig Guide. On Facebook, you just search Hong Kong Gig Guide. That's my uh, musical endeavor. Um, Do you um, update it while you uh, uh, and uh, like post any like small reviews if you see something while you're in Hong Kong? Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm hoping to do next year. Um, I'm due out there again at the end of May for a couple of weeks. Right on. So that'll be fun. Uh, I regularly update. Um, uh, do one kind of large update once a week and uh, a little. Uh, you know, less frequently, you know, updates if I, you know, come across details of a new a new show or a, a new CD release or something of that nature. But right. yeah, I'm I'm on there quite regularly. Have you have you heard uh, under blue? I just thought of something uh, like Sam Lee's rap group that the LMF. Yeah, I actually second time I went to Hong Kong in 2002. I was lucky enough to be there at the same time as there was a LMF uh, show. So uh, I got to see it them. It is uh, Lazy Motherfucker, so. It is, it? yes. Yeah, okay. uh, I, got, I got to see them uh, live before they uh, they split sh- uh, shortly afterwards and then you know, reformed in the last uh, year or two for some uh, you know, series of uh, concerts mm. in and any, around. Any good? Yeah, they're pretty good. There's, uh, it's like... Um, there's a handful, uh, handful of rappers and, uh, you know, a full... Uh, a full band, you know, you know, bass guitars, you know, drums, uh, you know, um, and sort of guys that sing rather than uh, rap, and you know, they've got a DJ at the back as well. So it's it's the it's the whole bit really. Right, on, right, on. cool. Uh, okay, the director series one in the bag. I hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. So this was part one of Nine Night Choi. There's still more to come. So I've been one of your hosts. My name is Kenneth Wilson, and with me was. David Harris. See you next time, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.